At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. Um, flying solo again today because uh, we're actually recording this episode early in the day and, and Jason's super producer is hard at work. Well, he's working. I'm not going to say he's hard at work uh, because I think we all know better than that, right? Especially, I'm always saying that because he'll have to listen to this to produce the podcast <laughs> and he'll be shaking his shaking his fist at me and there won't be anything he can do about it so <laughs> so i just want to i'll get a quick jab in, in on him but uh i want to before we get started i want to remind everybody that if uh, you have an experience or a story uh that you want to share with us you can find us on from the shadows podcast on facebook uh you can find us at our forum page at after the shadows and send us a message through there, or you can find me on Instagram at Shane Grove Author. Send me a message, or find us on our uh, From the Shadows Podcast Instagram page, or just go to our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com, and shoot us an email through the contact uh, button there, which I believe is is how uh, our guest today got a hold of me. I, she sent me an email, and it was. Uh, you know, it's not every day you get an email about, hey, I had an experience with a demon. So, you know, it's worth uh, it's worth reading those emails, people. Trust me. So 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 we can get into the story about uh, a demon and some other really fascinating things. I'm going to welcome Linnell. Linnell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you reached out to us and wanted to share your story because um, after we talked yesterday, my hair on the back of my neck stood on end for at least an hour. And uh, mm -hmm. any little sound I heard in the house, I thought it was somebody maybe trying to get a hold of me from the other side. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, so I'm Linnell, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. That's what that's what makes the day exciting. You know what I'm saying? It makes yeah. the day exciting. But um, yeah. so, so Linnell, why why don't you tell our listeners, um, like where you're from, and kind of let's. I mean, if you want to start from the beginning of like some of the weird things and experiences you've had, um, I mean, that's probably the best place to start. So, you know, it's all yours. Let's let's introduce yourself and and let's start uh, hearing what you uh, what you've been experiencing. Okay, my name is Linnell. Um, I was born and raised in Philadelphia. Uh, I've I've been through a lot in regards to life. I, I guess everybody has a book to write, but um, I have uh, a lot of amazing children out of it, and life's worth the experiences to tell about it. And it's spiritual. I I don't really know why it's happened, and when I heard the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I felt led to send a message, but I followed my instinct because uh, something said, send a message and ask them. So that's what I did. And I said, well, maybe he can find answers or they can find answers, especially after listening to the judge's story about his daughter. So that's why I sent the message. But anyway, my my first experience. (laughs) Did you want to say something? No, I'm just, I'm, 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 are you, don't be nervous. Wow. <laughs> That's what I'm say. But I, but I, but I do, you know, for you, sir, I appreciate, you know, you feel like you could reach out to us because, um, you know, and, and the story you're referring to is, you know, we were on the strange, uh, familiars podcast and the yes. judge shared his story about his daughter, which, you know, and we've done a talk to a lot of people and we're still searching, you know, we're still searching for answers to some things that have happened to some of us. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I appreciate that. And I'm hoping that people will hear some of these stories and, uh, really connect with them, you know, right. um, although some of these stories, I'm, I don't want to know that a bunch of people are having them because then that's, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really going to be, yeah. really going to be worried. Yeah. So, so, Okay. So yeah, so go ahead, go ahead, Linnell. Let's let's get into it. What's uh, you know, what's some of the first things that you remember happening? Uh, my first experience, uh, I was a child, and I was four years old, four to five years old, and I was still sleeping in the crib. And so mom, my, my mom was a a stay at home mom. And my dad, he went out to work. So my mom would stay home with us children. At the time, she only had me and my sister. And at 12 o'clock, she would put us down for our naps because that's when uh, the soap operas would come on. So she she at least want at least <laughs> one hour of quiet so she can get into her young and the restless. So, uh, I love it. I know. I, I know. I know. Hey, listen, I used to get sent outside for about two hours in the afternoon yes. for this, that very same reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So she needed at least her one hour quiet. But um, I was in my crib and uh, she put me down for the nap. I woke up early. 
and I stood up in the crib, and the narrow part of the crib, <coughs> excuse me, was facing the window. We have a window. Um, the bed was right against the wall, and there was a window facing out into the backyard. <coughs> so the bed was placed right there. Now, that window, notorious habit, we would slide it up, and or we would just touch it, and it would slide up. Uh, I don't know what was wrong with the window. I never asked that question. But um, it was hard to keep the window closed unless you locked it. So um, we knew it was locked because we couldn't open the window. But uh, I, I looked out the window, and our bathroom is, like, right across. Our bathroom window is right across from that window. So you can literally look into the bathroom. You, see, you know, you see the pretty curtains and the shade. And um, you can look directly into that window through that window, through our bedroom window. And I looked into the window, and it was daytime. Like I said, 12 o'clock. It was, the window was pitch black. And me as a child, I didn't know anything. I, I had to think about it later on, you know. But as a child, you know, I didn't think anything of it. But the whole window was pitch black. You couldn't see the curtains. You couldn't see the white shade. You couldn't see in. You couldn't see nothing. And um, all of a sudden, this face comes out the, out the blackness. And it's my Aunt Linda. And excuse the baby talk, because I was a child at the time. But um, my Aunt Linda, she, she, her face came out. And she was leaning against the window, the bathroom window. And she said, Linnell. And I said, Aunt Linda. And she's like, Linnell, open the window. And I said, okay. So I'm leaning, put my hands through the slots of the crib, and I start pulling at the window. Pulling it and pulling it. This window would not open. Now, I knew enough to look up to see if my mama locked the window. The window wasn't locked. But I kept pulling and pulling. It wouldn't come up. And I said, Aunt Linda, it won't come up. She says, pull harder. So I started pulling again. It's not opening. You know, I'm struggling as a child trying to open this window. And all of a sudden, I see my cousin, Nitra. Now, when we was younger, you know, we have pet names for each other. So I called her Nini. That's what I called her. I don't think I could pronounce Nitra. And then my other cousin, Tasha, her head came out of the window. And I saw her, and I was like, Nini and Tasha. And I was waving, you know, and they started waving back. And they said, Linnell, open the window. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm opening window. That's what I was saying. So I'm struggling, and I'm pulling. I'm pulling even harder now because, you know, my cousins are here. I'm going to play with my cousins. You know, my mama and my sister, they had their children all around the same time. So we was all raised together. I'm pulling, and I'm pulling. And Nini, Nini says, she's like, we don't have to leave. We have to leave if you can't open the window. And I looked at her and I said, no, no, don't leave, don't leave. I was struggling even harder, trying to pull open that window. My cousin Tasha, she turned around. She turned, it was like she was looking into the bathroom. I heard a creak. It was my mom downstairs. She must have heard me talking or talking about this window. Because I heard the creak on the first step. The first step always creaked at the bottom of the step. And um, <clears throat> she heard me struggling, I'm guessing, because that must have been the noise she heard if she came to the step. But she didn't come up the steps. 
you could just hear her foot on that first step. So uh, Tasha turned around and she said, you had to hurry up. You had to hurry up and open the window. And I said, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I started crying. And um, Nietzsche was like, we had to leave. And Alinda was like, open the window. And for some reason, her voice got deeper. That was the first... Uh, first time I think I felt fear at that, you know, during that, what was happening. And I said, okay, okay. And I'm struggling. And I'm struggling to open this window. And Nini said, I had to leave. I had to leave. And I said, no, Nini, don't go, don't go. And I started crying. That's when I heard the steps. My mama was coming up the steps. Nini left. And, um, Tasha, I was like, don't. I said, Tasha, don't go, don't go. I'm opening, I'm trying, I'm trying. And she's like, you're not trying. You had to try harder. And she kept looking out of the window into the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm trying and I'm struggling. And I heard my mama coming up the steps. But I didn't, it, it wasn't really, I didn't really pay it no mind. I just, I heard it. But uh, Tasha was like, I have to go. I have to go. And then she was gone. She wasn't in the window. And Aunt Linda, Aunt Linda just said, she, she stared at me and she said, you need to open the window. And I said, I can't, I can't open the window. She backed out of that window and that was it. I turned around, my mama was coming into the room. And when I turned back to the window, you could see everything in the bathroom. You could see the shades, you could see the curtains. And I'm looking and my mom was like, Linnell, what's wrong? And I said, Nini, Nini and Tasha are in the window. They're in the window. And she was like, she looked out the window. She said, nobody's in the window, baby. That's the bathroom. And I said, they're in the window. They're in the window. I was trying to tell they were in the window. And I was like, they want me to open the window. And she was like, she was like, no, we're not, open, we're not opening the window. You're not supposed to open it. And she put a hand on it. And the window lifted. And she put it back down. She said no, and she put the lock on it. She said, you're not supposed to open the window. That was all I remember after that. Well, years later, I went to my father's house, because my father still had the house. My mom and dad divorced. I went to go see my dad, and he had he redid the whole house. Beautiful house. And um, he was like, um, Linnell, he was like, you want to see your old room? Because he, he redid all the rooms. And I said, yeah, Dad, sure. I was like, I'll go up there. And I went in their room first because I was always a child fascinated with their room. Beautiful room. He did a beautiful job. And then I, for some reason, I saved that middle room for last. And I, when I went in the room, I went right to the window. And I looked down and my dad came up and I said, Dad, I said, have those always been down there? And he said, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm like, oh my God. Uh, so I'm th- I'm talking about, I looked out the window and you know those wrought iron gates, the hard, black, heavy gates oh, yeah. with the pointed tips. There was a, a row of them right underneath the window. If I had to open that window and fell out that window, I wouldn't be here. That, <laughs> so that is so in other words um 
some something not and we can assume it's, it wasn't your aunt and cousins were outside the window no. trying no. to get you trying to get you to open it. Right. But now, then I also it, think about the other part where something must have been intervening uh, intervening with it. Stopping yeah, because, me from opening that window. Because, yeah, you said the window opened up really easy. Yeah. Wow. So at that moment, did that really, did that, did that really, like, uh, sink in that either something, something bad was trying to get me and something good tried to, or definitely saved me? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. And, you know, I, I always thought of it and I always thought, no, that couldn't have happened. But it was one of the most vivid things that I remember. Uh, I even remember my last seizure as a child because I had childhood epilepsy. You know, I remember the very last seizure I ever had. It almost took me out of here. But, yeah, I mean, certain things like that. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I remember I can vividly remember <laughs> stuff that happened when I, you know, and, I'm, and I've always told my mom and stuff about I remember this and she's like how do you remember that you're like two years old I'm like yeah. no I remember I, I remember certain I mean and I think everybody kind of has that ability to remember certain especially something like that where you felt right ter- I mean you know as a four-year-old sure you're gonna you're really gonna be at that point where uh you're gonna remember stuff and, and know what being scared is and uh I mean did do you recall having any thoughts about how weird it would it was that your aunt and cousins were outside the window trying to get in? No, I, I really didn't think of it until I saw that. Uh, I didn't think it was weird because they came over all the time. I'm sitting outside. I think the trash is coming. I'm going to go in the house. <laughs> but um, no, I didn't think of it as weird. You know, because I always saw my cousins and my auntie, my aunt Linda, she was my babysitter. You know, so she came over all the time to babysit. I got Thank you. Thank you, baby. So, uh, yeah, that was normal. But no, I didn't think anything of it until the voice got deeper. And uh, like I said, the last thing I saw was uh, her eyes flashed red and that was it. That was all I saw. And then that's when I started crying because I saw that and I was like, oh, scared the now, crap out of me. Now, now, was there anything else that happened in that house that, that you remember like feeling like it, you know, maybe there was something else there? No, no, not anything else I remember. Hmm. And it's not like your, your parents ever said, man, the house is haunted. You should. <laughs> no, the house wasn't haunted. Huh. So we never okay. had any issues. So we established that it was just coming after you. <laughs> yep. So so what's uh, so what was the so what's the next thing then that you remember strange or unusual happening? Um I was still living in Philly at the time. Like I said, I was grown I had children of my own and a single mother working trying to take care of the kids and uh I was working at the time at this gas station got a job there my brother-in-law 
uh, Martin Gamble. He was working there. And um, I worked the evening shift. He worked the night shift. So uh, uh, working and living in Philly, I really didn't have use for a car. I didn't have a license, so I didn't drive. I took the bus. There's a, the bus is called the 23. Goes straight down Germantown Avenue, 2 Avenue. And they get off and uh, go into the gas station. So I took this bus every night. I don't know why this night was any different. I step on the bus and I don't know. I was sitting there. I must have been reading a book. And I looked up and um, the bus is going the wrong way. So I said, huh. So I, I got up, walked to the front of the bus. And I was like, I said, yo, I said, uh, doesn't the bus go down Germantown Avenue? He's like, sis, he said, you got on, he's like, you got on the wrong bus. And I catch the bus on the same side every night. I'm like, I couldn't have got on the wrong bus. And he's like, well, I'm just going to the depot. And when we get to the depot, you know, I go out, take like 10 minutes. And then the bus turns around and goes back down Germantown. I said, cool. I was like, I'll stay on the bus. <clears throat> so I uh, stayed on the bus. Two stops after that. This this old black man gets on the bus. Now I say, oh, he, he was old. He was still mobile and walking around. He had a walking stick. I don't know what it was about this walking stick. It just freaked me out. And uh, when he walked past me, I saw uh, the this African symbol of an uh, ink. I guess that's how it's pronounced. It looks like a cross, except uh, it has like a half circle up at the top. So um, that that was what I saw. But it was other symbols on this walking stick. I didn't understand what they were. But all I know is that the stick freaked me out. So he walked past me. And it was only me and him on this bus. He walked uh, all the way to the back of the bus. And um, he walked all the way to the back of the bus. And I was in the middle of the bus. So um, a couple minutes passed. The bus driver pulls into the bus depot. And he says, sis, he said, I'm going off to go to the bathroom. Do you want to get off the bus or do you want to stay on the bus? And uh, I guess he thought I would be concerned about the, the old man sitting in the back. Because I turned around and looked. The last row in the bus has uh, five seats. The third seat is the middle seat. And the old man was sitting in the middle seat. And I turned around looking at the bus driver and said, no, I said, I'm fine. I was like, I'll stay on the bus. It was summer. It was hot. I was not standing outside waiting for this bus driver <laughs> to come back in the, you know, come back to the bus while I'm standing out in the heat. I'm staying on the air-conditioned bus. Of course I'm going to stay on the bus. So uh, he gets off the bus and he closes the doors and walks to the little brick building over there at the depot. because he used the bathroom. So I'm sitting there for a few minutes, and all of a sudden, this old man starts talking. <clears throat> and I couldn't understand what he was saying. He was talking. It sounded like mumbling. I couldn't understand it. I'm like, oh, okay, huh? You know, I'm talking to herself. Can't blame nobody for that one. I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it was two voices talking. And I'm sitting there like, maybe he could throw his voice. 
And I don't know why I thought that, you know, like, like maybe you could throw a voice, like a second voice and have a conversation with yourself. This is what I'm thinking at the time. Don't ask me why I was thinking that. I don't know. And I'm like, maybe he could throw his voice. Maybe that's how he's able to talk to himself. <laughs> Two voices talking, right? All of a sudden, it was four voices. And it was like the hair on my neck stood up. And I was like, now nah, I know he can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know he can't talk with four voices. It's only me and this old man on the bus. And then all of a sudden, it was a multitude of voices. They were hollering. They were loud. And they were chatting. And it was <laughs> I could not describe anything they were talking about, except uh, a couple of them started saying, turn around. But by the time they started saying that, the wind started blowing on the bus. Now, (laughs) I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, what is going on? By the time I'm saying this, I'm seeing my hair shoot straight past me. Like, it's blown straight forward. Like, this wind is so hard, it's blowing my hair. Kind of like, kind of like it's, kind of like it's their breath from talking behind. Right, you, like, oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So by that time, they're all the way up to my ear, my left ear, and they're hollering and they're talking. And like I said, I still could not understand what these voices were saying. Except a couple of them were saying, "Turn around, turn around," and all of a sudden, this voice clears a bell in my head said, if you turn around, you'll go insane. That's all I heard. After that, I started praying. And all of a sudden, I had this click. I, I was scared to look, but I'm turning my head real slow to the window on the right side. And I see the bus driver. He came out the um, bathroom. All of a sudden, the wind died down. My hair went back down. And the voices started, they started moving. I could tell they wasn't they wasn't in my air anymore. It was moving backwards. And then it was less. The closer the bus driver got to the bus, the less it was less voices. Like they were just popping out of existence. They wasn't even there. By the time the bus driver stepped his foot on the first step, it was two voices. By the time he got up in his seat, there was only one voice. At that, the bus driver turned around, he looked at me. <laughs> I, I don't know how I looked. I I can only imagine how I looked. He turned around. He's like, sis, you all right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. And the old man stopped talking. Two stops later, the old man get off the bus. And I turned and I looked out the window. And he stood there on the sidewalk just staring at me, holding that can. That was the last time I saw him. Holy moly! That's that's a that's crazy. Now, did you did you happen? Did you even think about like running up to the front of the bus and saying, "Hey, man, have you ever seen that guy before?" Or did you hear anything as you got on the bus? No, I was too scared. I was still too scared. I just I sat there, and it was I felt like a statue standing up and getting off the bus when it was my stop. I didn't think of it like that. I told my sister what happened because I was going to pick up the kids because she was babysitting them at the time. And 
I'm still traumatized. I called my mom and I told my mom what happened. And the first thing she says is, you need to find a new job. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, that's all you got out of this? So I need to find a new job? Just need to find a new job. That that working down there is just, <laughs> just making you crazy. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> I mean, that is so like as you t- as you t- talk about that happening and the build up. I mean, that is that's horror movie kind of, that's a, like a scene right of a horror movie. You know, where you hear the murmur and so cuz what I imagine is like it's a crowd of people and you can't hear you just can't discern anything that's going you can't discern any separate voices yeah and it's all so loud but it sound it's like the speech wasn't like i'm not supposed to be able to interpret it that's what it felt like but if i had turned around yeah that probably would have been a different story i just you just so many things like if you turned around what would you have seen would you've seen all those Mm -hmm. people would you would the old man have turned into something else would you know, who knows but the mm-hmm. but the other the mm-hmm. added layer to it is that it felt like the wind was blowing and like the you know your hair was moving right. which because you could yeah, pass my hair your, blew straight forward and at the time i had an afro so <laughs> holy moly it was hard I mean, for my curls to blow their hard, you know to blow straight but my hair blew straight forward and I was like, oh, "Wow, oh no, that's that's not normal." <laughs> well, because yeah, because you could almost talk yourself into thinking you were just hearing things. You know, yeah, what I'm, I'm just saying? hearing stuff. Mm-hmm. Just hearing stuff. It's the motor of the bus, or it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, but and then the physical that, aspect comes into it. That's right. Holy smokes! Yeah. No, so looking back on that, besides the fact that your that your mom, you know, thought you needed to get a new job. Was there anything, I mean, mm-hmm. did, you, <laughs> did you ever do any, like, research and try to figure out, like, if there was something uh, about that, like, being on a bus, if other people had had those experiences? I, I never knew where to start to research. I never knew what I was looking for. I, I never knew what to look under or even who to ask. I knew not to ask my mom because she, you know, I couldn't ask mom, but, you know, anything on spiritual because, and I do admit at the time that I was going through, um, well, trying to make a decision on whether to stay in Christianity or, uh, you know, convert to Islam. And not soon after that, I did convert to Islam, but that was years after that. But yeah. Yeah, and I know when we first talked about this, I, I, I asked about, I, it almost, I wonder if these entities, because, I mean, you're you're called him a demon, which to mm-hmm. me, probably, I mean, I know people get mad, like, oh, they throw, people throw the word demon around, and maybe it mm-hmm. wasn't specifically a demon, but it's certainly not a, um, it wasn't something, it didn't feel like something positive. Uh, right. So it felt like something like an evil force, and and you almost wonder is is this evil entity or whatever it was? Did it sense that you 
had questions about, you know, right. where you stood with your faith. I, that, mm-hmm. that to me is a very intriguing part of, did they sense weakness? And, uh, um, and I told you when you told me the story, I just, you know, this is a sidebar. I just started watching the new series on Netflix, Sandman, which is totally mm-hmm. demons and stuff happening in your dreams. Yeah. And by the way, if anybody's questioning themselves whether to watch that, it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. It's a pretty good show. <laughs> um, but I could totally, um, it totally just added to the layer of me being kind of freaked out when you st- when you mm-hmm. told that story. Yeah. <laughs> told that story. <laughs> oh boy. So, so now you mentioned there was a couple other experiences you've had. Um, what were those? I mean, because I think we're seeing a pattern here that uh, you're popular popular amongst the uh, the other world, maybe the Spirit other realm. realm yeah. <laughs> the well, the fir- the first ever well, besides the spiritual experience that took place when I was a child, there was something that happened when I was 15 years old, and I had a, <coughs> my first and only out of body experience, OBE. So, and, uh, so just yeah, describe describe that for us. What that was? Yeah, yeah. I was fifteen. Um, I was in high school, and I came home. Not there was nothing different. Uh, I did my usual routine. Got in the shower. Got, got in the bed. I was an avid reader. You know, I love to read anything I got my hands on. I will read it. Manuals. Uh, it didn't. It didn't matter. Truck, car manuals, uh, computer manuals, books, any kind of books, philosophy books. I read it all. So you're the one. You're the one responsible for them making those big, like Chilton, uh, how to, you know, those car manuals, the big hardcover ones. <laughs> like you sat and read all the. Holy! I cannot claim responsibility for such things. That is not me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think you have a whole, you're missing out on a whole career on YouTube of reading the most <laughs> obscure manuals and then giving a like a Cliff Notes version on YouTube of oh, how to do Lord. stuff. People be like, I don't want to read. My curiosity, my... <laughs> yeah, my curiosity was very strong at the time. Okay, but now yeah, were I you, got in the were bed. You, were you reading? I got to ask this: Did you read? You said you read like spiritual stuff and philosophy philosophy did you read stuff that may that maybe were had opened your mind to some things you think i probably did but like i said it all kind of probably blended in but i was reading a lot of stuff okay Mm -hmm. all right so i laid down (laughs) and uh i went to sleep and all of a sudden i woke up and I was looking at my ceiling, and I'm like, why does it look so close? I turned around, and I'm looking down at my body. And I was asleep. And all I see is this, this silver cord. And it wasn't from my belly button. It, was, it, it looked like it was from my sternum, like from my chest. I didn't see it from the belly button. I saw it from the chest, silver cord. So I'm looking at this cord, and all of a sudden, I feel myself going up. And all I kept thinking at the time was, if I pull this cord and break, can I get back? That's all I kept thinking. 
And then once I turned around and went through the ceiling, you know, <clears throat> that didn't even concern me anymore. I'm floating up through the clouds. And I'm going through layers of clouds and then the atmosphere. And I feel this pop. And I'm like, because oh. I think I just went through another atmosphere, another layer. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm in the night sky, except it's not the night sky that we see. It's like outer space. It's, I'm seeing stars, stars zooming past and the planets. And they're, they're huge and it's beautiful. And I, I feel this, this oneness, this closeness. And all of a sudden... I see, you know how there's, if you're standing in shadow and the light, there's a light coming from behind you, you yeah. see it shining around you, but you don't see the source of the light. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That's what I felt. That's what I saw. I saw this light coming from behind me. And I'm still not facing the light. And I'm like, I want to turn around. I want to see it. And all I felt was, it sounds corny to say, but it was true. I felt love. That's what I felt. And I turned. And I only got a sideways glance. But all I saw was this bright light, which I've never seen light like that except twice after that those were two different experiences but all of a sudden I was shot down it was like someone threw me like a baseball shot back down through the heavens through the atmosphere through the clouds back into the house and whop that's what it felt like I woke up so refreshed I felt so good you know, I, I felt like I slept for a week. That's what it felt like. Never felt that again. But that's what it felt like. It was awesome. It was an awesome experience. 
So, so what do you think that was? I mean, what do you think was happening there? Like, as you reflect on it and stuff, I mean, um, was somebody trying to show you something or did, did you just reach a state of, you know, of awareness that you were able to um, go, you know, travel somewhere else or something or, or what? I mean, what do you think? I never took it as any of that. I never looked too deep into that. I just took it as, oh, God wanted to show me something. That's how it felt to me. That's that's all I looked at it as. I, I've never thought about it as anything else. I mean, like I said, I've, I've had a lot of experiences with a lot of things. At the time, I didn't really... I was 15. You know, I, I didn't look at it like that. It didn't, I can't say it really changed me, but I felt that love. And it always stayed with me. So you didn't I wake up and that. think, wow, what a dream. Like you woke up and no. thought, man, that just happened. Yeah. Yep. It's interesting that, so when you were realized that, you know, you were beyond earth were you did you still have that silver cord attached to you yeah yeah it was still there it was still there wow okay that's 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 some crazy that's some crazy i mean that's just amazing i mean and of course that's not the first um you know time i've heard you know a story about people leaving their body and being able to see themselves and stuff but I, I don't recall anyone going that far, you know what I'm saying? Going that far mm-hmm. and, and realizing they're looking back down at, at the earth and stuff. Holy smokes, mm-hmm. that would be that would be a little um a little scary. I one of our other one of our uh, guests on our Patreon, Stacy Brown, he'd say there's no way you could mm-hmm. do that because you could we didn't go to the moon, you couldn't travel outside of the earth's atmosphere, even on a silver cord. He would, he, I don't know. I saw all the places. <laughs> he would argue. I'm always saying that because he'll hear that and be like, I can't believe you're uh, yeah, yeah. But I think that's, I, I just think that's, I just think it's amazing, you know, that you can experience something like that and, and, um, and just have that feeling of, uh, you know, that love and, and, and stuff. So that's some peacefulness. Yeah. Yeah, that peacefulness stayed with me. But like I said, it hasn't been just heavily hosted and and demonic. Like I, you know, human spirits. Uh, there was this one that. <laughs> I, okay, so after I finally found my calling in healthcare, okay. I've worked as a CNA for over twenty years. I've seen a lot of things. I've heard a lot of things. I've taken care of a lot of people. I used to work in a Bremer PA at a nursing home there. And that was my first job as a CNA. I worked there for six years. And um, I took care of this patient. Lord have mercy. Miss Patricia. She's She passed on a long time ago. But um, I took care of her and I was her aide. And I, I love this woman. I, would t- I took care of her like I would take care of my mother. And um, I made sure she was okay. I would clean it. She had a really bad problem with her skin. 
I, I don't know what caused it. I don't know if it was the medications, but she would claw herself. And I mean, literally claw her skin all over. So we had to put the salve on. And a lot of the girls, they wasn't patient with it because they said, as soon as you put it on, she's clawing herself. She's clawing, you know, scratching herself till she's bloody. And I was like, well, I will go in. And, and that's, how I learned, that's how I took care of her. So I would take care of her like that. Almost every day that I was there, I had her assignment. And I would go in and I would take care of her. And we would sit and chat. She loved her stories. She, she would settle down to watch her, her, her soap operas. <laughs> she loved those. So uh, the, the one day before my weekend off, I went in and I was like, now, Patricia, I was like, you need to be good. I was like, don't scratch. Because I would come in multiple times during my shift and, and put my hands on top of hers. And she's like, well, no. She was like, I love when you do that. You feel, I feel so calm. And I was like, okay. I was like, don't scratch. And so I came in there before my weekend off and I said, Patricia, I was like, please be good. I was like, do not scratch. I was like, once they put that ointment on, you need to let it work, okay? And she was like, well, no, I know. I get it. I understand. I receive it. That's what she told me. I was like, all right. And uh, I told her, I said, I'll see you Monday. She was like, yes, you will. And I said, okay. Went home, had fun with the kitties. And I uh, came home. I mean, came back to work Monday. My first place to go was Miss Patricia's room. And like I said, Miss Patricia always watched her uh her um stories in the afternoon. So I walked in her room and I don't know why it didn't click. <clears throat> it clicked later on. The room was so bright. So bright. I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen that brightness except once at that time. But it, it didn't click for me. And I was like, what why is it so bright? So bright. And Miss Patricia was laying in the bed. And I was like, Miss Patricia, I said, how was your weekend? And she said, honey, I had a nice weekend. Miss Patricia's skin was beautiful. She had no marks, no cream, no nothing, no blood on the sheets, which was her usual thing. None of that. She was just laying in the bed looking at me smiling. And I said, Miss Patricia, you look good. She's like, thank you. She said, I want to thank you for taking care of me and looking out for me. And I said, you're welcome. I was like, it's okay. And she's like, no, Linnell, I really want to thank you. She's like, I do appreciate it. And I said, it's okay. I was like, I'll be back. I had to clock in. So I left the room, clocked in. I don't know who that is. Clocked in and um went to the uh to the nurses station, which was right next to our room. And I talked to one of the nurses and I said, I said, did you see Miss Patricia? And she looked at me, and one of the other nurses was behind the desk. I said, Her skin looks so good. I was like, what are y'all using? I said, Did y'all change her prescription? And they looked at each other and they said, When did you see Miss Patricia? I said, I just went in the room and saw Patricia. She's in the room in the bed. I was like, what are y'all using for her skin? And they was like, she's not in the room. I said, she's in the room in the bed. What are you talking about? I was like, she can't walk. By then, Miss Patricia couldn't walk. 
And um, they said, uh, Linnell, she's not in the room. I said, she is in the room, and I just talked to her. And they said, Linnell, she died Saturday. And I said, no, she didn't. She's in the room. It didn't click. And they said, show us the room. And I walked in the room. The room was empty. The bed was made for a new patient. And there was no Miss Patricia. I was so upset they wound up calling one of the doctors on the floor. And I, I was so upset. Wow. Uh, she just came back to say thank you. I think that's what it was. But yeah. Yeah. Holy sp- what so what did any of those did any of those nurses I mean, did they, what did they say that you just must have imagined it or did they really understand that maybe she did come back to say? Like no, what did people They knew what, I was really upset. Hmm. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm kind of blown away by, by that. That's kind of, that's intense, for sure. Yeah. No, they, they didn't. Um. They said they'd seen it happen before. I, I know one nurse approached me and she said, "You didn't imagine it." She said, "Take it for what it is." She came, came back to say thank you. She said, "Don't question it." She said, "Don't doubt it." She said, "Don't think yourself." is being crazy because you're not she said you take it for what it is and you be thankful for it and that's it and that's how I took it after that I didn't look at it any other way and uh, anybody else's opinion didn't matter it didn't matter after that well you know that's that's kind of a beautiful thing that somebody would um, pass on and still think enough of you to come back and want to say thank you. You know, I mean, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta feel kind of blessed that you were able to yeah. receive that message for sure. Holy yeah. smokes. Holy smokes. Wow. And there was only one other time, like I said, I saw that light and I was in regards to her. And she was my daughter. I had to ask my daughter if I could tell her story. <laughs> she was like, Mom, tell it, tell it. <laughs> okay, tell it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's hear it. What, what, was, what, was, what was the story with your daughter? Ah, uh, well, like I said, childhood epilepsy, it, it was, uh, um, it went through, uh, my family, like I had childhood epilepsy. So two of my daughters had it. One didn't have it as bad, but my Simone, my Simone had it really bad. It was so bad she was on medication. So um, <clears throat> this one time she had a seizure. And uh, yeah, I tried to do CPR. My brother was there and uh, the CPR didn't work and she died on me. And uh, ambulance people came. They came running up the steps. And all I remember was hollering, hollering in the phone at the Lord, those people, those those 911 call, uh, operators, they take a lot of shit. <laughs> I'm sure they hear a lot of crap. And I was cursing this woman out and hollering on the phone because Simone, Simone died on me. The EMT people came and they started CPR again. Because all I saw was that her eyes just 
role. And I said, Lord have mercy. Um, they came in and they did CPR. They got her back. She came back. And um, my brother was crying. And I was crying. And I went to pick her up. And she pulled away from me. And uh, I looked at her and I said, Simone. And all she said was chills down my spine was now that's how she said it and I said Simone she said now now I looked at her and I looked at her sideways I tilted my head to the right and I said oh boy I said okay I looked at her again and I said Simone and she said, now. So by then, the EMT men are looking at me. And they like, and she always like that. She refused to look at me. She did not want me to hold her. And I said, no, she's never like that. And I said, okay. So they took her in the ambulance. Because they just did CPR on her. So they had to take her to the hospital to check her out. I got in the car. I got my phone. I called my mother. And I said, mom. I said, Simone had a seizure. And she was like, what? Is she all right? I was like, yeah, she's back. I was like, but she didn't come back right. And she's like, what are you talking about? And, and I look, my mom has had her own experiences with demons. Oh, Lord, the, the stuff this woman could tell you, the stuff she has seen, uh, for some reason, I think it runs in the family for some reason. But uh, my mother is a praying woman. If you ever need someone to pray for you, my mother... <laughs> My mother could shake the heavens if she needed to. But anyway, I, I told my mom, I was like, she didn't come back right. I said, you need to come to the hospital. She said, I'm on my way. We get to Children's Hospital in um, Philadelphia. St. Christopher's, that's where we was at. We get there and they put us in a room. And by then, uh, back in the day, they used to put them in like these, uh, <coughs> they call them papooses. You know, the things that yeah. the Indian women used to yeah. put their children in? Yeah. So they, yeah, they strap them on the board and put them in the papoose. That's how they used to do it to calm the children down. So they got her on this papoose, and I approached her once. I said, Simone, Simone, listen to me. Now, now, now. That's all she kept saying. And that's exactly how she said it. Sent chills down my spine listening to her. Uh, by a certain time, I couldn't even listen to it, so I didn't even approach her. Go ahead, baby. So um, she um, my mom comes up, and my mom comes in the room, and she said she looks at me, she said, "Lena, what's wrong with her?" And I said, "Ma, I was like, that ain't Simone." And she's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "That's not Simone." And she just looks at me, and then she walks over to Simone, and she says, "Simone, I've never seen a papoose board move like that. This child tried to climb the walls in the board." She was trying desperately to get away from my mother. The whole time screaming, and it kept, it's like nails on the chalkboard, the way she would say that, and that was all she would say was, now, now, now. And it got higher and higher as my mother got closer to her. I said, see? My mother looked at me. She looked at Simone. And she looked at me. And she said, get out. And she pushed, she pushed me out the room. The last thing I said was, but I want to see. Because I knew my mom 
my mom is a praying woman. I knew she was about to do something. I just wanted to see it. Nah, she pushed me out the room, right? So I'm standing outside the room, and the nurses, nurse walked past the room. All of a sudden, I see this light. It's that same light that I saw in the heavens. I saw this light come from underneath the store. And this nurse walked past, and she was like, man, that light is bright. <laughs> she said, they must have changed the light bulbs in that room. I was, Oh, I was gosh. like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you all right? I was like, yeah. She's like, the doctors will be with you in a minute. I said, okay. <laughs> I stood outside that door. And like I said, the light, it was it was like a pulsing light. That's how I saw it. My mama opened that door. Shane, the room was so bright. I had to shield my eyes. I had to shield my eyes as I walked into that room. And I looked on the bed, and my Simone was sitting there. And she was like, Mommy. And I was like, oh, thank God. Went over there and picked up my child. Yeah. Wow. That's so, what happened. So, so what, what did your mom think happened? Like, would she pass Oh, my away? mom like, knew what happened. Like, somebody yeah, it, slipped, it, in, it slipped, basically, slipped in there? Uh, so what we what we kind of figured out what it was. Usually, when a person passes, it's like a, it's a, it is like a a pathway that they walk through to get to the other side. You know, you you know, you have your family yeah. members waiting there for you and all the other stuff, but you have stuff in the shadows also there. Sometimes when it's not a person's time, sometimes they'll hitch a ride back. So I'm I'm supposing Simone was still there. She just had a hitchhiker, and mom had to pray over her and get it out of her. That's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. But I always ask my mom, I'm like, Mom, what did you see? What did you see? And she would never tell me. She said, all I did was pray. Now, I know my mother saw some stuff in that room, but she would never tell me. Oh, man, I- it, makes, it makes me wonder, though, like, so did that hitchhiker stay in this world or get yanked back to where it came from? No, more than likely it was yanked back. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> Holy smokes. Wow. That's some crazy that's some crazy stuff. I mean, that's some very yeah. spiritual spiritual stuff going on there. I mean, um wow. And um I don't know. I hope people listen. I I can't wait to get some of the emails and messages from people to hear hear your hear your stories. I can't wait because I know the the stuff. I, I've heard some of this stuff before from other people. Similar. I've now I've never mm-hmm. I've never heard what your mom did taking kicking you out of the room and and just going to work. You know right. what I'm saying? But that's that's. That's crazy, but that's that's a especially from a woman who just told you to get another job with a demon yeah. whispering. You, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I mean, she's been through it, but I mean, she's also she's seen my experiences, and you know, but most of the time, I, I don't know if uh, it's instances where she think I can't handle it or just want me to forget it and not focus on that. 
like there was another instance in regard to uh, <laughs> me and my mom. My mom was with me when it happened. Or well, she wasn't with me. She was on the phone with me. And um, I had just moved into my apartment. I was on my own. And I had uh, the first time I was ever on my own. And I had only one child at the time. And my apartment was on the third floor. The only thing up there on the third floor is the steps of the third floor, the landing, and it's a window to the right. And then the door is on the other side of the window. So I was on the third floor. I put on the cartoons for my baby girl. She didn't want to watch it, so she wanted to eat. So I sat her up at the table in the kitchen, which is right next to the front door. And um, I'm fixing her cereal, and someone knocks on the door. So I go over to the window, I mean to the door. My door has a, what are those, I, uh, the thing that uh, like you look like, through. Like a peep, yeah, yeah people. Yeah. So I looked at the people, there was no one there. So I opened the door, and I looked down the steps, all casual, like, uh-huh, okay. So nobody occupied the second floor. My aunt and uncle, they were older, and they lived on the first floor. They ain't climbing all the way to the third floor. They ain't got time for that. So, <clears throat> you know, I looked down the steps and I'm like, okay, huh? maybe maybe I'm hearing things. I closed the door and locked it. And I finished with my daughter and I'm sitting there with her. And there was another knock on the door. So I get up again, look through the people. Nobody there. I opened the door again. I even looked out the window thinking, okay, maybe it's someone playing games. You know, I would heard them slide up the window or something, but, you know, maybe someone playing games. And look down the steps, <coughs> look down the steps again. No one there. So <clears throat> I closed the door and I still had my hand on the knob. And <clears throat> I got another knock at the door. It's three knocks. I pulled that door open so fast, I almost hit myself in the face. Nobody was at the door. So I go running down the steps. And running down the second set of steps to get to the first floor, I knocked on the door of my aunt and uncle. Um, my uncle was mad because I woke him up. <clears throat> my my aunt, <laughs> she's in the kitchen watching her stories. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and I said, "Did any of y'all knock on the door?" And he was like, "No, knock on the door for what?" <laughs> and they not climbing to the third floor <laughs> to knock on the door. And I said, okay. And something inside me just clicked. I said, okay. I walked back up to the steps and I closed the door. Then I locked the door. And I sat at the table with my daughter. And all of a sudden, it started knocking again. And it continuously started, it kept knocking. And it got to the point where it was knocking hard that the door started shaking. So I casually get up from the table with all this knocking. My daughter's looking at me and she's like, mommy, and she starts crying. I said, that's okay. And uh, by then it's banging the door. So whatever's banging on the door is rattling the door. So I get up, I walk over to the phone, which is on the wall and I call my mother and my mom, she's on the phone with me. When she gets on the phone, she's like, Hey, Linnell. And I was like, Hey mom, I had to holler. And she was like, what is that noise? I said, someone's knocking at the door. And she gets quiet and she's like, why don't you answer the door? And I said, Ma, I done answered it three times. There's nobody at the door. She said, what do you mean there's no one at the door? 
by then, like I said, the door is rattling. Like, it's about to come off the hinges, knock, knock, knocking, right? And my mom, she's like, what do you mean it's no one at the door? I said, ma, it's no one at the door. And then all of a sudden, this wind kicks up in the apartment, and it starts blowing. And my mom was like, Linnell, Linnell. She was like, just say, in Jesus' name, leave my house. And I said, I can't. I said, I can't. I'm too scared. She was like, Linnell, just say it. Say, by then she's hollering because we can barely hear each other from the knocking and the wind in the apartment. And I, I said it again. I said, Mom, I'm too scared to say it. She said, you have to say it. You have to say it. By then she's hollering at me. She's like, say it. Say it. Say it. By the third time she said that, I was like, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave my house. All of a sudden this wind blows it blew, it blew open the bathroom window and blew right out the window. And that was it. She came over that day, blessed the doors, blessed the windows with the oil, <laughs> read the 93rd <laughs> to the house, <laughs> even blessed the doors downstairs <laughs> and blessed me and my daughter. We didn't have that problem after that. That that's that's crazy. Like, what was the purpose? Just, was it just trying to drive you crazy by not? I don't know what it was. Because you, no, when you most look, of the stuff happens, I never question it. I just feel like, okay, well, I know what you are. All right. I I mean, I don't. I don't that's just wow. That's to me. That's crazy. Like, you actually opened the door. Like, what else does it want? Three times. Yeah. Wow. Well, now, uh, I will have to say, this is pretty good stuff. I mean, uh, being able to hear it, it's good from my point. I don't know if being able to experience it all. <laughs> well, experiencing it was something different. I've come to terms with it because it is my life experience. It is what it is. You know, I, I can't cower or be afraid because of the things that's happened. I, I've learned now to take from them. Well, I tried to take from them, but wow. I think I missed a couple of things somewhere. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, look, I don't know what else. I mean, you got to be. I guess you got to kind of like take a step back and and appreciate the good and and try to, um, you know, just accept that the bad didn't kill you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, right. Go for. I mean, now is it? As you get older, do you feel like your the wisdom and stuff from your experiences, like you kind of start feeling like your mom probably felt felt like, you know, as you were going through some of this stuff, especially that you since you have daughters? No, I, I've approached it differently with my daughters, even when they've had their own experiences. You know, I've I've supported them mentally. And not to say my mom hasn't supported me mentally, because I think it's something she hasn't accepted herself. So I, I can't live her experiences for her. I can only live it for myself. And in regards to my children, you know, I do support them. If they ever have questions or if they, you know, if they've had experiences and they might need to suss them out with someone or sit down and talk them out, you know, in order to get any kind of understanding, you know, then, you know, I'm always there for them. You know, I had where is your mom's issues as had. Where is hmm. your mom's kind of like old school? Like we we, I, we took care of it. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need. To. Yeah, that's how she okay. is. Mm -hmm. 
isn't that sometimes walking the supernatural? Hmm. Isn't that interesting how the older generation and an older generation is just like, hey, look, let's we're not going to talk yep. about. It. Yeah, especially older black people. Uh, yeah, that's basically how they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, I that where a lot of the younger generation, they want to explore it. They want to look more into it. They, they want to poke it apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the older generation, they're like, no, nah, just leave it alone. <laughs> well, trust me, it ain't just it ain't just black people. It's white people, mm-hmm. uh, Native American. They all nobody nobody knows. <laughs> they just are all like, listen, I'm not telling you nothing. Yeah, it is what it is, and mm-hmm. you know, you figure it out, kid. But I'm not telling. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> uh, well, well, Linnell, I'm I'm so glad you reached out, and like I said, I'm I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that people hear these hear these stories that you shared, and uh, will come forward and share some of theirs. So I'm 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 looking forward to looking forward to hearing that and and passing. Uh, passing some stuff back on to you and see if uh, somebody's right. had a had an experience similar so but uh, uh, I yeah. uh, and please reach out in regards to to sleep paralysis <laughs> if anyone can give me any information on that because I don't think I'm having them right you know it's <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about it the other day and I was like I don't really think my sleep paralysis is sleep paralysis with the stuff that happens while it's happening. So, well, yeah. I got I gotta be honest. I don't know if there's a right way or a wrong way to have sleep paralysis. I think mm, it's just, okay. But we will I will. i we'll throw it out there. If somebody has uh, a real understanding uh or a better understanding than what we have of sleep paralysis and what it may be and what it you know, if there's different ways to experience that, uh Okay, you so know, can people come and talk to you, or can you talk to other people during the paralysis, or can they come and sit on your bed and give you a kiss? Is that a can, does that happen? I don't know. We'll throw it out there. I, I don't. I don't know. So, if, like, like um, most people experience, it seems, sleep paralysis, where you can't do anything but just be aware of what's going on. And you're experiencing what you think is sleep paralysis, but you're able to do some things like speak and and uh, move some of your. Yeah, I can talk. I can see. I can interact. I just can't move my body. So I a couple of times of it happening, I'm like, "Oh God, here we go again." Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, and then I that's th- when the experiences happen. I gotta be honest, Lino. I think maybe you're just possessed. Maybe you're just that's it. That's it. But I, but I am curious. I'll throw it. We'll throw it out to, to our listeners if they have any kind of something similar to what you're saying that um, isn't quite the typical sleep. You know what we consider sleep paralysis. I would love mm-hmm. to hear. Uh, love to hear somebody, some people's thoughts on that. So let's help. Let's help Linnell out and see if we can uh, get her some answers when it comes to that. So. But uh, I would appreciate no, it. Yeah, I hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you feeling like you could share uh, your stories with us. And um, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm 100 percent sure we're going to hear some some feedback on some of this stuff. So um, and and let's just put a disclaimer out there: we're not saying don't ride the buses in Philly, but <laughs> if you do, 
if you do, um, don't don't look behind you if you hear someone's <laughs> so, so well Lanelle, I appreciate you uh, spending some time and, and and sharing your experiences and let's let's hope that uh, let's hope some other people uh, uh, you know find some comfort in knowing they're not alone by you know having experienced the same things. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.